podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today we are doing our preview episode for the KU Coastal Carolina game that is coming up on this Saturday. Um, Big 12 After Dark, looking forward to it. Um, to, to help me kind of talk about this game and preview the opponent that we have, I have Joe Cashin from the, or he is the play-by-play uh, announcer for the radio uh, broadcast for the Coastal Carolina Shannon players. Joe, how, how are you doing today? Andy, I'm doing great. It's, it's football week. It's game week. I didn't know three days ago, three weeks ago, if we would be here, but ha, this feels good. feels good to be getting ready for a football game. Yeah, it most definitely does. It's still a little surreal. I kept thinking that the other shoe was going to drop and this was going to get canceled. And for a while, it looked like this game wasn't going to happen at all because of the way that the schedules were working out for the Power Five conferences. And I was very happy they were able to kind of get this one rescheduled in the way that they have, just flopping the the home dates that were left in the series. Um, I had actually completely forgotten that there was still another home date in that in that three game series coming up. So it's the one that makes perfect sense. I wish I had thought about it and kind of talked about it prior to actually finding out what's happening but you know obviously I think there's there's some intrigue for this game um from from everybody involved honestly because of what happened last year you know the the less miles regime um not getting off to a great start with the way that they played last year and getting upset at home by this coastal Carolina team um how, how much of that team is actually coming back this year we have a fair amount of talent and experience. I would say probably more than fair amount coming back off that team. Eight projected offensive starters, six on the defensive side of the ball. All of our specialists will be back. A guy that we added over on the defensive side to the guys that are already coming back was a young man who had transferred to NC State after an all-conference year in 2018, a guy by the name of Jeff Gunner, big-time player for us. He went to NC State. Uh, Things didn't work out there for him last year, and then he wanted to come back. And the NCAA, fortunately for us, granted him immediate eligibility. So we add him to some guys overall on that defensive side already who are really, really good. Guys like Teron Jackson and C.J. Brewer, all-conference picks to start the year. And those guys, I think, will have a fair shot at the NFL. Jeff Gunner does as well. We've got a couple of linebackers back. And Teddy Gallagher and Silas Kelly. Um, you know, our back end is kind of going to be where we're going to have to see who can do what. We've got some new faces back there, but, you know, defensively, I'm really, really excited in terms of the talent that we have coming back. Overall on offense, we've got about four offensive linemen back that we uh, had last year, and uh, we're, we should be good up there, some experience there. Uh, running back position, C.J. Marable you know, went for 148 last year and two touchdowns at Lawrence. So, I mean, Jayhawk fans will – Remember him. He had a big night. One touchdown on the ground, one in the air. Uh, he's a big-time talent for us. I think he'll play on Sundays as well if he has a big season this year as a senior. Quarterback position, we've got two guys that have had experience, Bryce Carpenter. and Fred Payton was the one who played at, in, uh, at Kansas last year most of the time. He's a good talent. Both those kids can play. And we've also got a third guy, Grayson McCall, who you might see out there, redshirt freshman. Uh, extremely talented. He yeah, he, he may wind up having a big-time career at Conway, so we're, we're looking good on, on the offensive side of the ball. Isaiah Likely is a big-time tight end. Probably going to be you know, maybe our best pass catcher to start the year you know, in terms of where, we're gonna, you know, where we'll put him on the field. He won't line up as a traditional tight end, but he'll be all over the place. And you know, Javon Hiley is another good one, good wide out for us. And uh, you know, like I said, four specialists back. And, uh, you know, 
like I say, we've got a lot of talent, a lot of experience back, a lot of high hopes. Um, but like you were talking about a minute ago, no one really knew. <laughs> no one really knew what was going to happen with this season. You know, as, as little as maybe a week or so ago. You, you talk about watching, waiting for that shoe to drop. That's kind of what we do every day. You know, what's going to happen? Are we going to we're going to play this Saturday? But yeah, we get to the, we get to Saturday night in, in Lawrence. You know, it, it should be exciting. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's definitely going to be an interesting game. I mean, it, you know, it, it sounds like they have a lot back from a team that, you know, definitely was able to, to surprise and take advantage of what Kansas wasn't doing. Um, I don't, I don't know how much you've actually kind of paid attention to to what all has happened, but like, how much, how much of of what happened last year do you expect to carry over? Do you think that that is going to give these guys confidence, or is it still kind of the situation of they're playing a Power Five team and? You know, so they're actually treating it like you would normally expect, you know, coming in, not necessarily expecting to be a favorite. Um, like, does does the win last year give them any sort of edge, either in confidence or, you know, kind of just trying to make sure that they can they can come back and, and, and do it again? I think confidence for sure. I mean, I, I think our guys were extremely confident going out there, you know, last year. But then again, we certainly paid attention to what Kansas did, you know, after our game. That was <laughs> that was the craziest thing. The Friday night after we went out there and won, sitting there watching Kansas just roll all over Boston College and just, right. uh, I mean, a, 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 up there at BC. I'm like, is that the same team that we just played the other day? I mean, they just, they were scoring <laughs> left and right. And, you know, that kind of got our attention a little bit. And, of course, KU was very, you know, they were very competitive, you know, in some games they didn't win. The, the Texas game, I remember listening to the Texas game on the radio coming home from one of our games. I'm thinking, wow, these, they, they got this bunch beat. You know, just couldn't quite couldn't quite seal the deal. But I, I think our guys are certainly confident. I don't think we'll be overconfident in any way. I mean, we know ta- we know Kansas has talent. There's no doubt about it. And I think, you know, year two of less miles, they, they will be better. We're expecting them to be better. I expect them to be, you know, to be better. So we're going to you know, not only have to, you know, play with – you know, have the confidence, but play with that confidence too. Yeah, definitely. So, so, I mean, I guess what I'm kind of curious about is what, what is it, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about how the COVID uh, pandemic has kind of hit the, the Kansas program and the other power five conferences, but I haven't really kind of gotten a view into what it is for, for like the Sunbelt conference or, or any of these other G5 um, schools, you know, that are kind of dealing with this. I mean, you guys, it looks like you only had, um, one game that you weren't able to get replaced that, that ended up getting canceled. Um, so like you, you, there, there's 11 games on the schedule. Um, it seems like for the most part, it's, it's about trying to be as close to as business as usual as possible. How has this really kind of affected the way that they're preparing and the way that you're doing the job that you do right now, getting ready to cover the team? Um, Cause I, I, I have a feeling that it's going to be a lot similar, but there's probably some fairly significant differences from what we're used to seeing for, for some of the bigger football programs? Well, I, you know, I think budget-wise, we're all taking hits. I mean, that's that's true at the Power 5 level. That's true at the G5 level. I, I think for some at the FCS and, you know, D2, they, they just you know, they just didn't have the budget to even try, try to have a season once they lost some money games. And once games, you know, like the Big 12 went to the 9-1 and one model, the SEC went, you know, 10 games only in conference. And that really hurt us with South Carolina. You know, we were going to get a really good check to go over there last weekend and play. And then when everything, you know, when all you know what broke loose and conferences, you know, went about doing their own thing and the SEC, like I mentioned, went to the the, the 10 game conference only model, that kind of, that left us in a lurch a little bit. And then, you know, we lost our FCS game. 
So that got well, we, well, the original one that we had scheduled. Now, fortunately, we were able to get another one scheduled, you know, with Campbell coming up next week. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just uh, the whole thing really literally, I, I think, for the football team, for anybody trying to prepare like us for the radio broadcast, I mean, it's day to day. I mean, you, you just don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what shoe is liable to drop. You don't know what school is going to have to hold out a bunch of guys because you have a, you know, a few guys come up hot and then you start contact tracing. And the next thing you know, four positives turns into 22 guys being out. You know, I, I saw that for somebody today on Twitter. I, I can't remember the team off the top of my head. Maybe it was Missouri or something like that. But Yeah, you know, I mean, it, we've, we've, we've seen that with quite a few. Like TCU-SMU game got canceled. Yeah. Um, the Tulsa-Oklahoma State game, just, just in the Big 12, that one got postponed a week because of COVID issues um, that caused them to not really be able to prepare. Um, you know, so they had a lot of preseason kind of COVID issues. You know, it seems it seems like a lot of schools have been able to to kind of deal with it, but I know it yeah. definitely seems like it would be a lot harder for you guys to deal with than a team that has more resources like a Kansas or a you know some other Big Twelve team. Well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that our conference and some of these other conferences had the wherewithal and and the you know that they they had the the courage to to stand in there and say, look. You know, I think I saw Bob Bowles. We had a comment today. Don't tell me, you know, the million reasons we can't do it. Tell me how we can do it. And I'm really glad that our leadership at our school and our conference said, you know what? They had the intestinal fortitude to say, okay, we're, we're, we know that this is, we know that this is a thing. It's a real thing, but we can mitigate this. We can play through it. We can keep kids safe and we can make this happen. And I think you mentioned in your open, you're talking about the, you know, our series with Kansas three game series. And of course, Kansas was supposed to come to us at the end of the month. I, I, I really, you know, when, when I heard that we were going to have to go look for another game to replace South Carolina, I, I really felt like, you know, we would lose this game too, but you know, for us to yeah. be able to work it out, to flip the locations, I think that's a phenomenal thing for us to be able to do. I really didn't think we would, you know, even, you know, risk getting on a plane to come out there. But you know, when our AD said, Hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to Kansas to open up and then we're going to get a replacement FCS game. And then we're going to have another open date to kind of see where we are at the end of September. I think it, you know, to, to go from a 12 game schedule, like we had, you know, to now it's an 11 game schedule. That's, that's great. I think that's terrific. You know, and we, and we have an out of conference game at the end of the year too, coming up. Uh, in early December against a team that we used to play all the time in, at the FCS level, one of our one of our most bitter rivals. I, I love it, Liberty University. They almost they all, they also went up to, to FBS. We get them coming to our place, so I, it was tough to lose the games that we did. But I think all things considered, the way it is the way it's transpired and shaken out, I, I think it's been phenomenal. I just I hope we can get to the finish line. I'm glad we're going to get to the start. Now can we get to the finish? We'll see. Right, yeah, that's that's the big question that's left, I think, at this point, because it's it's pretty much a guarantee now that we're gonna get at least the first few games. And yep. the question is how how well everybody can stay vigilant and keep it going and be able to get to the end of the season. But yeah, no, I I agree with you. I was definitely concerned that this game wasn't gonna happen. I was busy scouting, trying to figure out well, which FCS school in the general area are they gonna try to schedule to make up for it? And you know, it sounds like that's the way they were kind of leaning because while they wanted to reach out and get this one rescheduled, there were some questions about whether it was actually going to happen. And so the fact that it came together as quickly as it did um, was definitely a big boon, I think, for both of these teams. Um, thoughts on the on the 10 p.m. start local time for this game? <laughs> My thoughts on that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I guess I should. I, I guess I should. You know. 
clarify, like, there, because there's definitely a bunch of different ways to, to think about it, you know, as being someone who's actually going to be there, um, or is going to be actually calling the game and have professional, you know, things that you have to do related to that. Um, I, I imagine that that's kind of a different situation than your average fan who is probably going to try to soak in as much football as possible anyway, um, you know, and is, is going to enjoy watching this one in the normal Pac-12 slot, but that's an awful late start for anybody on the East Coast, myself included, because I'm, I'm actually based in the East Coast right now. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be an interesting late game, but, uh, I mean, is it is it worth having a game that late for the national TV exposure that that's, that's going to happen over on FS1? I think for us, absolutely it is. I, I think in, if we can get on a national platform like that on FS1, whether it's 10 o'clock at night on the East Coast, you know, 7 o'clock on the Pacific, wherever else, I think absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not a real big fan of the kick time, but you know what? I mean, to get, to get a national televised game like that, to, to be able to expose our brand to a lot of the country when, when at, at a time when, you, you, you know, you just mentioned that people are, are so hungry for football, they're liable to stay up to all hours of the night to watch a game. You know, and why not? Why can't it be Coastal Carolina? You know, I mean, now I'm exactly. going to bring my no-dos and I'm going to have plenty of coffee with me. My color analyst, <laughs> Lane, and I, we're going <laughs> to be knocking back the coffee, you know. But, uh, again, if we can we can be in a position like that to have that kind of exposure, I, I, I am I'm extremely excited about that. I really am. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be the perfect way to wrap up the first the first full weekend of college football. Um, all right, I do want to go ahead and kind of turn more to the game and talk about that. But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Chalk Podcast. And we're back. All right. So um, obviously, you know, we, 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 we can talk about what happened in the past, but this game is hopefully going to be significantly different. Um, you know, I, I, think, I think that it's probably going to be more of an exciting game in terms of both offenses are probably going to be working pretty well. Part of that, I think, is just because of the Kansas defense is going to take some time to get going. Um, and it sounds like the Chanticleers have a lot coming back and can take it, can, can kind of take advantage of that. But, you know, Brent Deerman, the new offensive coordinator, while he had had some input in some of those games, specifically that Boston College game that you had mentioned, like that was pretty much one of his packages, the entire game plan there. Um, you know, kind of doing the, the prep that you've done for this game to prepare for it, like, how, how impressed are you by what Deerman was able to do in the back half of last season? And how worried are you about the ability of an offense like that maybe being able to exploit what's happening with that Chanticleer defense? Obviously very impressed, you know, by what they did. I mean, that, that was, like I said, sitting there that Friday night after we went out there and won and KU struggled to put seven points on the board. They you know scored a first quarter touchdown and that was it. All of a sudden they – you know, they, they, they go to they go to Boston College, and, and I'm like, what what is this? You know, just RPO stuff all over the place, you know, stuff we just didn't see, and, and that was very, very impressive. And, you know, that, that's that kind of that kind of scheme, when you execute it right, that, that, that stresses a defense all over the place, you know. That puts a lot of heat on people to, to, to make plays and make the fits and all this kind of stuff, and I, I was very impressed. And like I said, you know, they, again, they went to Texas and, and put, you know, 50-something on the board and, and came darn near one. Something like that. It's close to 50. I can't remember what the final score was. But, I mean, they put a bunch of points on the board down there and, and should have won the game so or could have could have won that game. But, you know, I'm very impressed by what they've got. I mean, obviously, Puka Williams jumps out at you as, as a guy that you're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to try to figure him out a little bit. He hurt us some in that game last year. He missed the first one but came back and was and was really good. And then you look at their, you know, their wideouts. Andrew Parchman is really good. I think Kwame Lasseter is really good. You know, quarterback, they're going to have to try to figure some things out. I think that – 
you know, that McVitie youngster threw one, one pass, I think, all of last year. But then you, then, you, then you look at this offensive line up front, and they've got nothing but, you know, throw like three seniors, a sophomore, a redshirt junior, a kid from South Carolina, as a matter of fact, up there. But, uh, you know, you look at them offensively, and they, they've got, you know, they have Stephon Robinson. I mean, I, I, just, I like a lot of these, these guys, their talent. They're, they're, they're good, and we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do the things I think that we did, you know, last year, and that's come up with stops when we when we have to have them. We had three big fourth quarter or the three second half fourth you know fourth down stops last year to, to really swing the game in our favor. And you know, if we get a chance to get them off the field, we're we're gonna have to do that. We're gonna have to get these guys behind the chains, slow them down a little bit, and get stops when we have to. Yeah. So so actually, kind of speaking to that because. You know, assuming that that happens, assuming that that they're able to get the stops when they need to, who are the names on Coastal Carolina's defense that Kansas Jayhawk fans are going to be cursing because they were able to come up, you know, really big and get some big stops in this game? Well, I mentioned a few of them earlier. I think the number one guy that K, you know, KU fans will need to, to to watch out for is our defensive end in this three four scheme. Teron Jackson, he's a, a redshirt senior. He was the first team All Conference last year. Uh, and and is picked as one of the Reese's 250 players to watch coming up this season. I think he's a Sunday player. I mean, there's no doubt about it. he'll play on Sundays. He he will be a he will be a force uh, at that five technique on the on our defensive front. He he's just a he's a great great young man, great football player. Looking forward to him having a big year. Hopefully, we can you know manage his snaps a little bit more this season. We had to we had to play we had guys that had to play too many snaps last year and on a defensive front. Way too many snaps. And hopefully we can manage that and develop some depth. But Teron Jackson is a guy that I would start with there. CJ Brewer, our defensive tackle, a three technique kind of guy. He's another senior. You know, he's a projected all conference player. Excuse me, this season. He he's a big time talent too. I think he's got a real shot at playing on Sundays. He can be a force in there to, you know, kind of be a run stuffer, kind of disrupt things. Uh, so they'll, they'll be looking out for him. Our linebacking crew, Teddy, Ka- uh, Teddy Gallagher and Silas Kelly, Mike and Will linebackers, those guys are experienced seniors uh, that are coming back. Silas Kelly was our returning leading tackler going into last season, and he went down to that KU game with a knee injury. And so, you know, hopefully he, he is about as close to being back as he can. You know, with the, when the COVID hit in March and everything shut down, I mean, that – that, that hurt a lot of guys across the country who've had those season-ending oh, yeah. injuries and needed the spring to rehab and just they, – they just couldn't do it. You know, there were no facilities. There were no doctors they could go to that you normally would go to. So, you know, he's going to start there at that wheel linebacker spot. But, you know, he, we hopefully, hopefully will have him at close to 100%. And, you know, his running mate, Teddy Gallagher, in there, uh, he's, a, he's a good, tough, hard-nosed football player. I like him a lot. He could be a potential all-conference kind of guy too. And then, uh, you know, the back end, we've got a couple of guys. Uh, our safeties, Braden Matz and Alex Spillum. You know, those are good players back there. They're going to have to step it up. And then we've got a couple of a couple of cornerbacks, Derek Bush. He's a pretty good one. And the Jordan Strong is a, is a good Juco youngster that we got from Mississippi. So he stepped right in there and took one of those cornerback spots. But our front seven will be, I think, the focal point of our defense. And I think that's where KU fans will – they're going to watch our defense, and if we're going to be successful, it's going to start with those guys up front. You know, being able to slow, you know, guys like Puka Williams down a little bit, and, and then cover down the field too. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's going to be an interesting thing to watch because, you know, I, I think I think Coastal Carolina's defense last year was a little bit better than I think most people expected going into that game. 
Um, and it sounds like they've got some big pieces they were missing in that that are going to be back. So they could potentially be even better. Um, you know, but like you were talking about, Kansas has a lot of interesting offensive pieces that if the quarterback can, you know, can perform fairly well, um, they can do a lot really quickly. And so it's going to be interesting, I, I think, to kind of see how that battle goes back and forth. Is there any, I mean, I know, I know you mentioned a bunch of them already, um, but is there any one particular player other than maybe Puka Williams, because you've already mentioned him a couple times, that, that you're a little concerned about specifically um, how they might match up with, with, with some of the defensive schemes or the des- defensive players um, that, that, that Coastal Carolina has? Oh, I, I like that parchment kid. I, I like him a lot. I mean, we're going to have to cover him. I, mean, I, I think he's a, he, he's a, a, a big-time talent. You know, they're, they're wide outs. So like, I mean, like I mentioned all these guys a minute ago, you know, I mean, Lasseter and Robinson and these kind of guys, I think they're really good. And I think we're going to have to, again, we're going to have to figure out how to cover people. You know, with with kind of a, a re, revamped, rebuilt secondary, you know, and when, like I said, if if KU can find that that slinger, you know, that guy who can sling it a little bit, stand in the pocket, you know, take a few hits maybe, and show some patience back there, and you know, move around a little bit, move away from some pressure, and then let guys come open down the field. That that'll be big for them. Yeah, definitely. All right. Um... Let me see, kind of switching over to the other side, because while I know you've kind of talked a little bit about what it is that they're doing, um, kind of what are we expecting from this Coastal Carolina team this year? Are they a very run-heavy team, a very pass-heavy team, or are they a lot more balanced than that? Coming into this season, if you look back at our stats from last year, we averaged about 30 points a game, and offensively it was almost a wash run and pass it's pretty remarkable how cl- how, you know, how close it was in terms of in terms of our balance we averaged 196 on the ground and 198 in the air so it's it's kind of kind of pick your poison there we you, you take the run away we're going to throw it we don't have anything down the field in the passing game we're going to try to run it I, I think Jamie Chadwell our coach would like to control the clock with the run game you know control it with CJ Marable uh, Shamari Jones is a new new youngster for us. He's a JUCO kid. Reese White, uh, who, who's back as a true sophomore this year. Some running backs we have. We've got a good stable of backs. I think Jamie feels really good, you know, about the depth we have at running backs. So I think you know if he had to, you know, had to had to choose the way this game would go, it would be to possess the football, you know, for for you know 32, 33, 34 minutes, keep KU off the field, you know, wear down the defense a little bit. And then, you know, take advantage of opportunities when we get them in the run game. And then if, you know, like I said, if it's, if it's not there, you know, we've got some guys on the outside, I think, that can, that can hurt KU and I think can make some big plays down the field. Yeah, I mean, I do think that that's probably going to be kind of one of the big, the big keys to this is with, with two, two offenses that could potentially kind of break out, um, it's going to be about trying to, you know, do as much as you can with the opportunities that you have and do whatever you can to limit the opportunities that the other team is going to have. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well they're able to kind of maintain ball control and really kind of extend drives and keep that going. Um, you know, I, I have a feeling that Kansas is going to be looking to try to hit quickly um, to give themselves as many opportunities as possible. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting. Um, I probably should have asked this actually to kind of start off the whole thing, but, um, you know, I was looking through the schedule and and the records from Coastal Carolina the last few years, and it seems like – Last couple of years, they finished five and seven, and it looked like this was kind of going to be a year that they were hoping to go ahead and qualify for a bowl game. 
are the expectations still there for this team? Are, are they expecting to be a 500 or better team this year? And assuming we have a bowl season, qualify for one this year? I think the expectation is certainly that we can get to six wins, you know, again, provided that we have a bowl season. Of course, all of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that, of course, we actually have all the games, right? Yeah, I mean, if, if we can if we can get through these games and and, and get well, whatever bowl eligible is going to be this season, if, if games wind up getting, you know, canceled or whatnot, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if, if this, if things were the way that, you know, originally scheduled or if they can stay the way they are now, we can get to six wins. Absolutely. I think expectations are, you know, get to a bowl game. I mean, we were awfully, awfully close last year, you know, and I, and I, and I hate to, I hate to bring that, you know, bring that kind of stuff up about being really close. I mean, there's a, and there's a reason you're five and seven. That's because you didn't quite make the plays in some of those close games that you that you had to make to be seven and five, maybe, you know, or eight and four. You know, I mean, we had a we had a Georgia Southern team essentially beaten in overtime. We, we stopped one play in overtime and we win. Well, we didn't stop that play. Then we wound up losing. Arkansas State, we got them down late. We let them, you know, they just drove it right down the field with two minutes to go and they kicked the next point, beat us by one. Couldn't stop ULM late. So, I mean, it was a situation where we had some games late in the year where we really had a chance. And hopefully, hopefully, if we can stay healthy, our frontline guys, our difference-making guys can stay healthy and we can, you know, develop some depth, we'll turn those L's into W's this year and, and get, you know, bowl eligible such that it is. So, we're looking forward to it. I mean, there was a lot of expectations after the end of last year and, and when it looked like this season might be in jeopardy, it was like, wow, you know, dang, we can, we can have a, we can do some stuff this year. And so hopefully we'll still be able to do that stuff. We'll just have to see. Yeah, definitely. I, I definitely understand the frustration of getting so close and not quite being able to get over the hump. And, you know, Kansas is, has struggled a lot recently and kind of just hoping that they can get back to that point where they're pushing for bowl games. So I, I can definitely sympathize. I, I remember a lot of that when I was actually back in school as well. And so, um, but yeah, so um, any other final thoughts about this game? Any, any, any interesting storylines that you've kind of picked up in prepping or, or anything else that you think might be interesting to, to either fan base? I'll tell you what I think is going to be a really interesting storyline. And that's the fact there won't be any fans there. Now, how are these teams going to generate some energy is what I want to know. You know, I know that Kansas will be at home. They'll be in familiar surroundings. You know, they'll, they'll have people around, but such that I understand there won't, it's going to look like, you know, Navy and BYU, you know? Right. I mean, I mean it, it, that is going to be a, a strange thing to watch for me. I mean, even, even if you had a few thousand fans, you know, like Marshall and Western or Eastern Kentucky the other day, you can still, you, you can generate some noise and, and some excitement. You know, how, what team, is going to be able to generate some energy with, with nobody in the stands, almost kind of like a spring game kind of atmosphere when you get right down to it. You know, which, which team is going to be able to generate that momentum and that excitement with nobody around? That, that, that to me, is, a, is an extremely interesting aspect of this game. I was talking to my color analyst today, a good friend, Lane Harris, and he, he and I are like, I, what are we going to do? I mean, where, where are we going to put the crowd noise, Mike? <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah. there won't be any, but. It's just it's just going to be a weird thing, and then of course you know the another storyline will be less miles in year two. How much improvement has Kansas made, you know, from three and nine to you know what they're going to do this season? Do they think about this game? Have they you know pointed this game out, you know, to their kids in the off season? I'm, I, I know Puka Williams had some words to say about it a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, it's fine. You expect that, but 
you know, is, is Kansas really out for revenge in this game? I mean, how, how badly do they, they want to beat, beat Coastal after losing, you know, to, to the Shawnaclears last year? I think that's another interesting storyline. So I, I think it'll be an interesting Saturday night. I think it'll be a fun one. It's going to be a late one, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I definitely think it'll be interesting kind of being at the end of the day. One of the things that might decide it is just how well they're able to kind of rest and not get too overhyped throughout the day. Um, but having no fans, you're right. Like I watched that Navy BYU game and it was definitely weird not having any fans there. Yeah. Um, like you could hear literally everything that was being said. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so it was it was definitely a completely different experience. It was it was a little strange. Um, I get the feeling we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot of that this season throughout college football. Because there are more and more, I think, schools that are just going without fans at all just to be safe about it. So um, that is definitely going to be a, a continuing storyline. But um, I'm definitely looking forward to this game. Um, it'll be a very interesting one. And hopefully, um, regardless of what happens, both of our teams will go on to have fairly good seasons for them. So, um, Joe, where, where can the people find your work online? They can go to goccusports.com and look for the, the Shauna Clear Radio Network. That's where our link is. Um, of course, they can also go to Hot Talk 99.5 FM in Myrtle Beach. That's our flagship if they want to pull us up that way. And, you know, look forward to, to, to anybody who wants to tune in. Listen, we'll, we'll be on the air. We'll be on late. <laughs> we'll be yeah. on at 9 o'clock Eastern. But uh, we, we're definitely looking forward to it. This is my 18th season coming up with Coastal Football. I started with this, started with the program when we started in 03. And I've been, uh, this will be year seven behind the, play-by-play mike so oh wow getting this one started awesome well joe thank you so much for joining us tonight and thank you guys so much for listening if you haven't already please to go out wherever you get your podcast with apple podcasts or any of the other ones that are out there um and and subscribe uh give us a rating and a review would really appreciate it uh we are now on the anchor network so if you wanted to be part of the show you can actually leave us a message just go to anchor.fm slash rock dash chalk dash podcast slash message uh, you can leave your message there. I can actually bring it into the podcast so we can use that for reactions or whatever else you want to bring onto the show for us. Um, um, but uh, if if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people you want me to try to interview, anything like that, you can contact me via email at rockchalkpodcast.gmail.com or on Twitter at rockchalkpod. But that'll do it for us tonight. Joe, once again, thank you for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Chalk Podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.